Well, hello, and welcome to a special Halloween edition of Loud Dispatch with your hosts. Hi, I'm Mark. <laughs> and I'm Cheech. And our special guest today is my brother, Michael Piscor. Mikey! Booty guy. Hey. How you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing good. How are you doing? Did you say boo, you guy? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Can See, I recite the, the Bible little pumpkin book? We got the little spell. <laughs> no. Oh, I read it all the time to my son. Uh, um, it's so easy, too. It's like literally yeah. like 15 words. Uh, we read Goodnight Ghoul. Goodnight Ghoul. Uh -huh. But we read like, there's also like a Goodnight Ghoul Pittsburgh one. Like, oh, yeah. I have Goodnight Pittsburgh. And then we do, um, uh, we have to go the fuck to sleep. Oh, book. boy. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, but yeah, so I, before we start today's spooky episode, yeah. um, we're going to talk, uh, we want to thank uh, thebuddybandana.com, thebuddybandana.com, since I, I mumbled. Uh, and what they do is they make uh, gear that you and your pet can sport, matching stuff. And uh, all purchases benefit uh, dogs at homeless shelters. Mm -hmm. And you can use code WOOF for 40% off and uh, help some cool. puppies and some kitties and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Okay. Animal. So now we're, we're on to spooky. Oh, I want to say... Power of the Steelers, uh, six and zero. Well before played. we get spooky, well you know, um, you guys, hell of a game. Luck, luck played a little part of it. The refs played a little part on almost losing. Big but, uh, face, way to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, your face was funny. <laughs> Not that you're gonna listen to this, but it was funny. Uh, anyway, so, so okay, here we go. With that being said, uh, welcome to the spooky edition. Uh, it's getting close to Halloween, uh, so we thought we should do, and we actually we should turn the lights out. We, we should. Let's do it. You want to do it? I'll pause this. We can do it. I paused it. I already met. We got, but at this point. Oh, that's right. He's got to read. Never mind. Um, Never, oh, we got the LEDs. My thought was the yeah, LEDs. Yeah, what the hell, dude? You could put on the Oh, we can do red, though, huh? Yeah, we can do red. I kind of like this. All right. Are you in the mood? You know what's funny? is It feels like they're not even on. Wait, you have it on orange. I don't know, man. I'm fucking colorblind, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> that's right. Up. Wait. That's, oh, this is the red. That's not a good red. That's dad. not red. That's fucking like blue or pink. some shit. It's like pink. Their red sucks. That's orange. But it's so cool. I don't yeah. know, man. I, I, I mean, what can we take out of it? Maybe some green? My pumpkin. Oh, there's oh, red. There we go. That's red. All right. My, now we're in hell. My wife specifically told me that I'm not allowed to teach her, teach her daughter. <laughs> this is gray and this is gray and this is gray <laughs> <All right. laughs> this is one shade of gray this is another shade of gray oh dude it's, it's getting worse dude anyway <laughs> so welcome to the spooky edition as i said before we have some uh, little decorations here a couple of skulls here and um this is jeremy yeah this one's al uh-huh here's leroy that's leroy and then that one's yawn yeah spelled j-u-a-g-h-w-n <laughs> oh, you know what? I got nothing going on with that at all. Um, I don't where it came from. I don't either, but that was pretty good. That was for a fly moment. Yeah, right. I thought you were. I thought you were. What was that show? <laughs> that, that was like an improv show that was on for like. Oh, um. um like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I took improv classes. I was. They were so much fun. You can tell. I can tell. <laughs> improv. <laughs> Quick, you're at a bus stop. Uh, so Wait, you gotta have your phone. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. So today we thought that we would talk, since it's 
approaching Halloween, you know what I mean? Coming up this week, spooky ooky. We thought that we would talk about uh, some of our favorite horror movies, horror movie directors, just talk about the art of horror itself. And I'd like to kickstart this whole thing off with saying that, uh, so I went to film school, believe it or not, um, but like actual like celluloid film. And when we talk about it, like it's, so as far as genres are concerned, horror is the easiest genre of film to break into. And it's the genre that everybody wants to break into because- It's like country music in the music scene. Dude, it's it's insane. Like it's, that's how everybody gets their start or like at least tries because the easiest genre of filmmaking to break into. Everybody wants to be scared. Everybody deep down like likes being scared. To some degree, because your heart starts racing, you start pounding, you start feeling like... Oh, yeah, but I get that running up the steps, so... Uh, well, you know what you're I mean? about like... to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, 58? Yeah, somewhere around <laughs> there, I think. Physically, mentally, I'm like 13. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, Mikey, I understand that you have uh, a list of directors and yeah, filmmakers so, that we would like to discuss. Yeah, so also on, on that subject of, of just uh, yeah. directors cutting their teeth on horror, uh, James Cameron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Started yeah. Off with Piranha 2, The Spawning. There you go. Which <laughs> seen, has some great uh, fish string. I feel like that's where you there. end your career, not starting. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, you a, think. that's a career-ending right one. Into the Terminator, so. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's a career movie. So you, yeah. you want to be on to talk about Halloween and horror. So uh, I, I thought, thought we were talking about lingerie today, but okay. That's <laughs> well, a little of everything. It's a mixture. There's some of that in horror too. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, it's um, a main part, man. So I thought we'd start with like my Halloween origins, like some stuff that I really remember. Okay. And like one of those things is um, Child's Play came out in uh, 1990 or 1988. Yes. And yes. Uh, you're seven years older than me. Yes, and it's always loved for. Yes, yes. But you showed me Child's Play far too young. Yes, yes. And I was go. terrified of dolls and talking to moving dolls. So blind man has been hard. This, this. Oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't finished it yet. So no spoilers. But I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So I remember one Halloween, very young, after seeing Child's Play for the first time, mm-hmm. walking right down the street, right like one block away from our house, and seeing an adult man. In a full size Chucky outfit. Uh, <laughs> just holding a butcher's knife. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> major. Full, so his head was like, it was just insane. And it just like broke me. So, like, I added <laughs> to it all. And, and, and I hated horror movies. And I'll add one more on top of that was that you and Junior Eddie, oh, and, you know, I'm just saying, you locked me in a closet. Yeah. In, a, in, a, in a small room at least yeah probably and you showed me texas chainsaw massacre that's probably true as well yeah i did i look i apologize i i don't say i didn't know but like here's the thing like i was just trying to be cool for like the other end but like still like we were both into the same shit so it was like i'm only saying this because i was still so scared of horror movies yeah and it wasn't until until I was like nine or ten, uh-huh. and you always worked at a video store mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Like that was just a thing. So mm-hmm. I was always in a video store, mm-hmm. and always would stay away from the horror aisle most of the time. But then yes, I was like, I remember that. Or I'd run through uh-huh. just to like just to look them all. I remember that. You know. Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, okay, okay. We, we were going to grandma's house mm-hmm. to watch movies, mm-hmm. like we always did. Right. And you showed me Evil Dead too. Yes. Oh, good. Yes, one. I remember good those. One. Yes. Changed my life forever. Yep. I've yep. been devouring horror at a crazy Once you level. realize horror can be more than just yeah. scary dolls and fear. Yeah. Yeah. It just like, it, it changed everything. So yeah. with that said, like, do you guys have any like major... Halloween origin stories? Is there anything that like pops in your head from like the earliest of memories? Mark, I'll let you go first. Not trying to put you on the spot. No. I'm just saying. Um, I could have set this up better. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, we could have definitely yeah. known sorry, this was coming. On the spot, do I have like, are we talking like Halloween or like a thing scared the shit out of me and made me Either like, or. okay. Um, I w- I've definitely been in a lot of old abandoned places at night alone or with friends and and weird things and so i grew up i grew up very religiously and so the idea of spirits and stuff being on earth um is not necessarily ingrained in me uh so the idea of there actually being ghosts isn't something i totally believe in um maybe there is i don't know but uh so maybe that's part of why i'm not a huge horror person i was just gonna say you know um but i do i love real life like scary people that's kind of shit that gets me you know what i mean yeah like Uh, serial killers serial killers yeah um yeah true true horror it's like uh wait till you hear our ad in the middle of it (laughs) (laughs) we think he might be a serial killer yeah uh anyways so um <laughs> oh yeah, we don't have a problem. Have yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Stay away from me. We're good. It's weird as fuck, man. <laughs> um, I bet you got a windowless van. Shut up. Like, oh, I would totally want a windowless van though, but only because I want to camp it. Well, yeah, you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't be. It has nothing to do with murdering people. Oh, oh yeah, living in their camp. Yeah, oh, I yeah. love that. Oh, yeah, no, like free camping inside. So you know, I, those things have always like played an effect on me. I saw some horror movies young, but. Like even The Exorcist, I saw it pretty young, and it, I, I kind of got bored during it. And I, I'm sorry, I know that's like sacrilegious yeah, to you guys, but a lot of but like yeah, it, yeah um, I don't know. I've never been affected as by that kind of stuff. I think my fears are all based on like something happening to family or friends that I right. can't help. You know, what I mean, stuff like that I more than anything. Completely. Yeah. So I I remember it was my grandmother like practically like you know i was at her house a lot growing up and what's crazy is like you know she made me watch the exorcist at a very very young age i mean i can't even tell you how young i was but she made me watch the exorcist and and that's why i got like it tattooed on my body because like it made such a lasting impression on me Mm -hmm. like it scared the living shit out of me and then like she would have me watch slasher movies and at the time like what was big you know in the 80s was like all these slasher films and stuff so like I remember growing up to like Michael Myers and Jason and Freddy Krueger and like Pinhead and like mm-hmm. the Candyman like sagas. And See, I've never seen Candyman. I've never seen. Oh, any, I never watched any of Hellraiser. I know them all. Yeah. I just don't. I don't watch them. I, yeah, and that's I fine. Yeah, like, I'm more like the Leprechaun, where it's like funny stuff, where he's like using the the uh, the Leprechaun of the Hood or whatever it was. Oh, you know, uh, on, you know, that kind of, of stuff. Yeah, those are those are funny. They made a sequel to a spinoff. Do you realize that? Right? <laughs> they remade that series. Recently. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, but it's the best aspect of the whole thing. <laughs> oh, man, it's so crazy how like mm-hmm. a franchise of like 
And that actually brings it back to like what you were talking about. Like, <laughs> your okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of brings it back to like our circle of directors here that you got lined up here. Oh, like, yeah. yeah okay. of like filmmakers so, that you have. And maybe we can discuss like why they were so influential in as far as like horror and like, let's just say like modern horror, like up to today, you know what I mean? And, and whatnot, like, you know what I mean? Like differences in like how we like watch them and like what they are. Because let's face it, like the scare is something that like has changed over the years, right? Mm -hmm. And like the scare can be anything, anything that like, drives your heart rate up to the point where you're about to be like I've been planning that for like holy two shit. minutes I, well, I, just, I just shot myself so thank you that's, that's perfect that's exactly did it work? did it actually work? no oh. um, <laughs> I thought that was great yeah, I was just, I, and then we asked just to like mm -hmm. set it up to you know mm -hmm. where it all began for us yeah like um, my mom and my dad one night never mind no, 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 where it all began. <laughs> yeah, but one of the So I thought it started with like John Carpenter. Right, right. Who's very, very influential for. Uh, I know him. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he made Halloween in 1978, mm -hmm. and Michael Myers is iconic. See, I, I knew that, but it's not something that like it's not prominent information that I could recall. No, you know what I mean? Here's another thing: about <coughs> Carpenter is that he likes to score a lot of these. Yes. Okay. So yes, yes. Iconic. Dun, 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 dun. Like those tones that he uses are something that gets reused and reused and now homage. Oh, and time. you see anybody who wants to do anything John Carpenter esque will immediately try to get that same score down. Yep. Um, yep. This but also true. the first person camera of Michael Myers putting on the mask <laughs> and killing his sister in the beginning is something you see. I mean it's not he wasn't the very first person to do it, but it was first time a lot of people would see that. And it's right, it, right. now we use it constantly the POV, you know. Right, right. So then he made the thing in '82, <laughs> which I know we were talking earlier about your. Have you ever seen the thing? I associate POV with something else. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> where my mind went. I understand. Okay, go ahead. No, 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 no. You're saying? you ever seen the thing? It's up in uh, in, uh I think thing. so. Um, oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Where they're in like uh, <laughs> they want to give too much away, but it's no. a cosmic horror film with body horror and just strange just it's it's just it's isn't there some like thing outside in the cold and they're in this like that's thing. Funny. yeah i remember that's it i remember it okay yeah yeah and that was actually a remake of um long time ago the thing from outer space I want to think. yeah okay yeah, yeah yeah you're absolutely right but this was actually uh and i don't think he planned this at the time but he made a trilogy of films a lot of people don't know that are a trilogy and they're called the apocalypse trilogy he made uh, Christine mm -hmm. the next year, which I just want to mention because I love it so much. It's a good movie. Fury, Plymouth Fury. Oh, okay. See, I don't know cars. But yep, Plymouth Fury. something new every day. I know yeah. that from I, I, everything I know. I know from other people. They messed up a lot of cars in that movie. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. I don't know what the actual number was, but it was high. It Not was as high as the Blues Brothers. No, no. Nah. But it's still the uh, the best. One of my favorite movies. And I was thinking on the way over here, if LD ever gets a car, we were talking about a van, mm -hmm. but I think a Blues Mobile would Wait, be fucking uh, awesome. Wait, we were talking about it? Like, we talked like about, yeah, well, we, in one episode, we talked about, like, 
if LD was ever to get a vehicle, we'd get a wicked ass van. Oh yeah. That yeah, was yeah. like like yeah. in um in uh old school uh-huh. where they're going around kidnapping people and that's yeah, yeah, real yeah. tired. Yeah, okay, anyways, yeah. back to horror. No, 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 yeah. You see my hands, <laughs> you see my hands. I was like, oh back to horror. Um All right. Mark. Back to horror. So the second <laughs> in his trilogy was uh in eighty seven Prince of Darkness. Oh, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. That's up there. It's dude it's Ozzy Osbourne. That's it. I mean, he is, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. He's he's in the movie. Like I saw him live at Ozfest. Yeah, yeah. When I was young, and he still was mumbling a lot. Then. Heard recently he said he's never gonna retire. So for him, good for him. Yeah. I mean, but like, here's the thing: like, he's already created a brand. So like, realistically, anybody can just play like Ozzy songs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, continue. Yeah, Prince of Darkness is definitely one of my favorites. Like, it's it's just so like out there and like. I'm gonna Google it. Also, Cooper. Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah, Alice or, Cooper's in it. We can see her. Right, right, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Then he made They Live, which I just oh another good one. Yeah, I uh, came here to chew bubblegum oh. and kick ass. Mm-hmm. Don't remember that bubblegum? Yeah, ran out of bubblegum. <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yep. Isn't that yep, yep, yep. Yep. I just. Classic, but again, a very influential film. What's the name right. of that movie? They uh, they live. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Live, oh, yes. and that's the aliens, and he's got the glasses, the glasses and on. shit. Yeah. Yes, that was a very visionary mm-hmm. film. Yeah. You know, it's almost like that other one that had um Owen Wilson, um about everybody's like stupid. He gets put in some time capsule for idiocracy. idiocracy. Uh, yeah. He gets put, yeah, that's another great movie. Sorry, it's not horror, but no, 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 fuck, no. that's it's, brilliant. It's, it's classic. But here's the thing though, is like, my you, gosh. Yeah. This is how directors break into this field. Like we were talking about earlier, like different directors are like one movie and then like moving on to different stuff. Like, yeah, he was. We're going to do a segment by the end of this where we all come up with a, uh, you know, short plot for a movie film. I'm I'm saying, yeah. So if you actually have a plan to make them, don't actually put your real one on. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I don't. So. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say that John Carpenter went to film school at a time when everybody was telling him to make, you know, art films, watching foreign films and stuff, and he really just wanted to make popcorn, you know, action, action and horror. That's what he was. Yeah. And he knew he could do it. Somebody said there'd be popcorn here. I don't want it. Oh but. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a big ass bag of it upstairs. <laughs> There's also a. What people don't realize is that like there's a six foot popcorn oh, machine yeah. <laughs> that really works in my basement that we, right we stare at it all the time, and it works. I have everything for it. We just never use it. I don't know why. We, this would have been perfect for it. I can get us. We can pause this and get popcorn. No, I don't want to. No, I'm, I'm really not in the mood to eat popcorn. Good. I do like it, but it drives me nuts. Yeah, it's not that good. Especially, yeah, especially big bag popcorn like that's never fresh. Oh yeah, it's. It's yummy, but yeah. it's yummy, but it's never fresh. Yeah, I mean it's good, but it's like uh, it out, but anyway. Yeah. Well, just uh, yeah. back to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <It's> segue. <laughs> I just want to mention this one as a side note. I just because I watched it recently. Uh, he made a movie in '93 called Body Bags, which uh-huh. is an anthology horror film. I didn't know that. It's actually a pilot that he wanted to make for a TV show where he plays the crypt keeper, basically, uh-huh. <laughs> and he tells oh, like the more. Tales from the Crypt. Great horror stuff so this there. Was for 93, me. think about that. So okay. Tales from the Crypt was already roaring through, and, yep. and he was just trying to jump on the bandwagon. Right. At that point, he's already passed the, the wave that he had created with, <laughs> with Halloween in 78. Right. So, right. Yeah. Just, it shows how, but that's a, a huge block of movies 
to mm-hmm. create from one filmmaker, then they're all classics. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even well, mention these are just horror, by the way. John Carpenter's Vampires is one of my favorites. Exactly. Uh, it's a, it's it's just right movies. Like, I really love the movie. And he was trying to figure out what was popular right then. And well, that's right after. Um, what was the other big vampire movie with uh, Blade? No, oh, that was great. Fucking love Blade movies, but I consider that more superhero. Oh, like, comic book genre. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, the uh, the uh, Christ, uh, George Clooney was in it. Uh, vampires. Uh, uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Yes. Oh, it was that oh, of course. Uh, Tarantino. Was yeah. that his? Yeah. He, uh, yeah, it's a Tarantino. Uh, Robert Rodriguez directed. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And that also features Tom Savini. Who we got right up later on. So I know Tom Savini. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. This is perfect. We'll, I'll bring him. We'll up. go into it. Yeah. Next director. Okay. About. But the last movie I want to bring up is John Carpenter, and I didn't even mention some of my other favorite films. Like Escape from L.A. Well, Escape from New York. But yeah. Escape. yeah. I, I, I'm a, I love Escape from L.A. I don't care. I'll say it. Uh, but then, uh, in the mouth of madness, '94 oh. was one of my favorite films. Yes. I don't know that one. Yes. It's, yes. It is a um, so good, heady, very uh, Lovecraft inspired. I've never used Lovecraft. Can I? Uh, can, yeah, can I, do. I, can I, I do. draw little, little tidbits about it? Like, please. Um, like, so my man. So, uh, what is it? What's the lead character? Is like the actor? Sam Neil. Sam Neil. Okay, Sam Neil. Sam Neil is dr- like Jurassic Park. Okay. He's like an insurance <laughs> yes. agent, right? And he's investigating this claim that this best-selling horror author goes missing and like mm-hmm. right before he releases his like biggest like final book you know what i mean like and like read sutter kane yeah sutter kane right and like dude it just gets so fucking weird it's like king, yeah bro it's it's exactly <laughs> homage to like stephen king like and it's so crazy it's like crazy practical effects it's if really you I've said this before, like when I was in directing actors, one of the things that they talked about is like a good director will have, you can pause a frame in any part of their movie and no matter what is in the background, it will have some sort of like meaning for the entire film or at least that scene or some sort of like symbiotic, Mm -hmm. symbiotic, symbolism. Yeah. Towards, no, yeah, yeah, because I was talking about the word too. I'm like, not, it's not symbiote. Yeah, some sort of symbolism towards like what is going on in that film. And like John Carpenter is a prime example of that because not only can he deliver on like the, the scare end of it with like the characters that he creates and the stories that he tells because it's about the storytelling in it. It's about developing these like attachments in a certain way to these characters. And it, let's face it, if you watch a horror movie and you're not attached to the actors in some way, that horror movie is not going to do shit for you. And that's the oh, same yeah. across the board, like with any film, but like, especially in horror, because there's so much of it out there and like so much shit mm-hmm. that like, I broke it. <laughs> God, God. <laughs> like, no, just like so much shit that you can do that like the, the jump scare and shit like that. But, like, oh yeah. You know, John Carpenter was one of those directors that was like, hmm. I'm just gonna tell you a fucked up story and Atmosphere. yeah yeah i'm, I'm more into that than jump scares you need to watch in the mouth scare of madness scare me by putting me there you know watch in the mouth of madness because it's a the perfect drive okay all right to another place all right yeah i'm cool with that i'm cool with that perfect like in the mouth of madness yes right. another small little thing mm-hmm. i just have to bring up everything about madness mm-hmm. The uh, creepy old guy who's trying to get his son back from the from the black Byzantine church. Mm-hmm. Remember him? And he comes back later on into the bar. He's talking all grumpy. Yeah, yeah. We know him as another character from Ghostbusters Two. He is Vigo. I am oh, Vigo. Oh yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. 
Yes, that is correct. It's so small, but I just love marijuana. <laughs> so, yeah, the next director I want to talk about is, Huzzah! <laughs> the next director I want to talk about is George Romero. You want to do the next one? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not checking glass. No, I'm at my, I have no, 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 I'm good. I'll okay. chuck that. You chuck that. No. All right, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, back. No, here. since we are from Pittsburgh. Yes, George Romero, um, who got famous off of Night of the Living Dead. We were talking about directors who cut their teeth on some teeth. That came out in 68. Yes, 68, 1968. When I first saw that movie, I just thought, well, this is an old you know, horror movie. Right, and it's right. Because he shot it on black and white. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until years later that I found out. It was in the 60s. Well, it was 68, but it was a budgetary reason. Yeah. He shot it on black and white because it was cheaper to film it mm -hmm. black and white. Correct. In 68. So another movie that came out in 68, just for the reference, is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, right, yeah. yes. So film, that's what films looked like in 68. For yeah. some reason, not all of them, but you know what I mean? That's an example of what, a, you know. Oh, I mean, he, Wizard of Oz looked better than fucking, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was done, like, that's, years ago. Of yeah. course, yeah, yeah. I'm not just saying. Uh, so, yeah, then he made The Crazies in 73, which another good movie. is also, it's, 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 on, it's on the remake I see on TV all the time, which yeah. is weird. Yeah, but well, I've heard it. Never heard of it? Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, another one I'm just going to bring Act up. surprise. <laughs> Sorry. I, I am no, a little good. bit. You're that's good. all right. Go ahead. Heat in our house. Yeah, but it sounds like it's... Oh, man. It's coming through the mic. Yeah. I was, oh, wow. That was Sorry. crazy. Right yeah. No, you're fine. So, yeah, he also made a movie in... And this is just because I was doing research and I just never heard of this before and I just had to bring it up. He made a movie in 73 called Season of the Witch. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yes. He, he made it with uh, a different post, this poster in mind, which you may want to look at it up at home. But, oh, wow. Right? It, it says, uh, this, it says, first Night of the Living Dead, then Dawn of the Dead, now Season of the Witch. But like I said, it made in 73. Right. Okay, because here's it's the problem. like five years later. The studio took his movie, which he was trying to make a feminist film. They instead cut it up to pieces and retitled it Hungry Wives. Right? And oh, yeah, but I like that. I like that. Chai cover way better. I know. <laughs> Caviar in the kitchen, nothing in the bedroom. They tried to sell it as a sexploitation oh. film. So they literally, I just, I mean, and it wasn't until 70, like around, well, it was after Dawn of the Dead came out, uh, which was in 78, which was 10 years after Night of the Living Dead, that he was able to make a, a new release of it with his cut. I'm just, I just thought that was crazy. Uh, yeah, so they made Night of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead, and you know where I'm going with this. Eventually, they yeah. made a, uh, um, Day of the Dead in 85, which is the big, you know, zombie trilogy we all talk about. Right. A lot of people don't even talk about that he went back to the well in 05 and made Land of the Dead. Yes. Then in 07, yep. he made Diary of the Dead. Correct. And then in 09, Survival of the Dead. Yes. He made another trilogy yes. on, a, on a much smaller budget because yes. he will, and people let him do it. I much smaller in relation to, you know, the time and everything. Yeah. What was the first one in that trilogy? Land of the Dead. Okay, so Land of the Dead was like the big comeback. comeback yeah. Mm -hmm. And when he did that, he had a premiere here in Pittsburgh. And I actually talked about this before. That's where I like met like Sam Raimi and like Quentin Tarantino. Like yeah. briefly, I didn't even meet them. I just like kind of saw you them, saw them. <laughs> reached out for them, and then got destroyed. Got a whiff of them. Yeah, I could, <laughs> I could, if I was close enough, I could smell them. Like I was that. Yeah, part. like I could smell them, and that was before he got fat. Um, but like, 
But I was going to the premiere of that, and like the dudes from like Shaun of the Dead were there and shit. That's where I met them at. Like it was, cr- dude, it was crazy. Like Tom Savini was there, and like so. Yeah, one of the things real quick. Is yeah, I forgot because in '78 he made a movie called Martin. Yes, yes, yes. Completely underrated. Yeah. But a young boy is a vampire. Yeah. I still don't know what the name of the movie is. Yeah. It's really well made, and uh, that's oh, his first film he made with Tom Savini. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, and then okay. from then they just worked together. Yeah. So that's, I mean, and Tom Savini, like I mentioned earlier, is a, he's just been in so many. He's just. He has a school he's here like, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he does. He's a yes. rock star of. of Special effects. Like yeah. Tom Savini's special effects and makeup program at Douglas Education Center in Manessa, PA. And the only reason I'm repping that is that's where I went to school, not for special effects, though. And I also worked and taught there for a while. Uh, great, great program. Many, many students go on to great big things. I'm just saying, um, like, this is a thing. Like, oh, it's, it's huge. Like, and you know what I mean? so I, I, that's how I know Tom Savini. Uh, so I met him once before. I sold him furniture years before <laughs> that. Uh, he gave me his card. I was like, oh, you're. And he said the name. It's like Tom Savini. And I was like, like the Tom Savini? And he shows me his card. It's him as a sex machine or whatever. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah. and that's his card. I was like, oh, yeah. So I kept that for a long time. But uh, so then I went to school there and I met him a few times. And he used to bum cigarettes off me outside all the time and yeah. smoke with me. And then um, and then I worked there and like I got to know him. He wasn't there a lot, but like he would show up once a semester, hang out for a few days. And like I talked to him. I, I told the story on here, I think, but when he came running past my office with the giant um, uh, bobblehead of Charlie Sheen, after no. the whole winning and Tiger, oh yeah, I'm sitting in my office, it was right by the film studio, they have a big film school, George Romero Film School's there, and um, yeah, I was right by their door at the entrance there, and it was locked, and he comes, this thing comes running past me, and I hear the door, and then they come running in, this giant bobblehead leans in my office, they're like, can you get the door for me, and I was like, not until I know who you are, first of all. So he nice. takes it off and there's Tom, you know, and he's like, look, I just made this last night. You know, it's this big, like, it's on spring, so it would shake. And, oh, it's, it was so fucking cool. Dude, Tom. Yeah, you know, he was, but he, yeah, he could be an ass too sometimes. He was real fucking kind of cocky. Yeah. Not, all right, so I think, I don't know, I've probably told this one on here too, but like, I had him, like, so he was a guest on, like, in one of our, like, directing actors classes at Pittsburgh Filmmakers, right? And I'm only repping that because they're no longer around. Um, the whole school shut down and they just closed the doors and went bankrupt. Um, it's crazy. So, but uh, so I went to picture of filmmakers and Tom Savini came in for a class and I had been working at a video store. So I brought in this movie because it was the class was like directing actors. So I brought in this movie of that he did with uh, Tom or George Romero's daughter, and it was a zombie. <laughs> no, <laughs> and it was uh, like zombie movies, and it was called like Children of the Dead. Children of the Dead. Yes, and like I remember watching it and being like, "Yo, this is fucking so bad." And I brought it into class, right, to show everybody, and we watched it in class. And then like it was like a week later, right? Like Tom Savini came in, and Tom Savini had done all the makeup on it, and I was just like, "Dude, you you got some." Anyway, I didn't, I didn't say any, but I wasn't even going to bring it up because I was so starstruck. I was like, Tom Savini, I don't say anything. And like, he was the one that brought it up. He was like, I just got done working on this film for blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, you guys probably don't have any heard of it. It's called uh, Children of the Living Dead. And 
everybody was like, no, we we actually watched it in class last week. It was pretty fucked up. What the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> he was like, no, 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 no. You haven't seen it. And we were like, no. It's, we just watched it. We literally, it was last week. Here's the I, disc. I'm still, I'm late on returning it, actually, which is crazy. Like, I work there. And, like, he got so fucking pissed off at me. Like, we had a break where we went out to smoke a cigarette, and he's out there smoking cigarettes, signing autographs and stuff. And I'm like, hey, Tom, I'm such a big fan of your work. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, you're amazing. <laughs> and he was just like, uh-huh. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. Here, I'll, like I'll sign okay. this for you. All right. And, and, <laughs> dude, like, not even that. Just, like, straight up, fuck you. Yeah. Like, and I was like, but... And I was like so heartbroken. I'm sorry. I yeah, to, like, I'm not gonna like. I, I know some shit. I'm not gonna say it, but like, yeah, yeah he's kind of just leave it. But he did some good stuff, and he he was always yeah. nice to me. Yeah, so. Well, George Arno, he, uh, he passed away in 2017. Yes. No, but, wasn't uh, it more recent than that? Mm-hmm. Was it 2017? Yeah. 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 Right. It's been three, three years. years. Yeah, man. Oh, I thought it was like last year. No, man. Wow. No. Oh, wow. Right. You yeah, know man. when it's... you're missing two years? Yeah. Well, oh, it's weird. I mean, anyways, you know. good. <laughs> well, I remember reading this when he passed away, but I, I looked it up again today, and it says uh, his wife says he left behind dozens of finished or half finished scripts behind. Oh, yeah, that could be made into a movie. And on the bottom of that website, it said deep cuts, season of the witch. <laughs> on like a related. Oh, really? I was just like, wow, what are the odds? So deep cuts. Thought it'd bring that up too. Yeah, so they're trying to bring season of the witch back into that. Into the mix. Yeah, I'm cool with that. With that, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So to some of this, you mean disgruntled housewives? Wasn't that what it was called or something? Um. Anyways, go ahead. Uh. So yeah, the third director that I was going to talk about is Wes Craven. Yes. And he got started in '72 with The Last House on the Left. Yes, that is correct. Which is a gritty, just. I used to live in The Last House on the Left. (laughs) That's serious. It was The Last House on the Left on the street. Yeah. It just went dead. Like, that was it. Yeah. That's, but like the premise of the movie is like so creepy. I've it's seen that one, but it was a long time ago, and I'm pretty sure I was inebriated. Yeah, more than likely. I mean, it yeah. came out in what? 72. 72. So, like, you would know. Nope, that's not what I'm thinking at all. No, no. no. Whatever no. I saw was like, isn't there a more modern version of Last House on the Left? Yes, there is. They made it. Like, they it was like it a lot early time. 2000s or something. And I'm going to throw this little tidbit out there for you, like, unrelated, but like, if you are a filmmaker, right? And you ever want to make like a Stephen King like story into a movie, like an adaptation, he will sell you the rights to any of his stories for one dollar. And you can there are stipulations with that. There are, yeah, but for the most part, like you can have like any rights to his stories for like a dollar to like make them. You know, and granted, if your movie becomes like I just want to own it. Like if I buy the rights for a dollar, can I resell them for a million? That's not no, exactly how it works. Yeah. No. Well, I'm sure that's probably stipulation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Make it within like a certain amount of time. Stupid. Can't ask for a second one. Right. Oh. You'll get one like a very tiny Yeah, short. because you can't write something that he hasn't written. I want to buy all the rights. I want to buy all the rights to all the shit. <laughs> no. It would be like $30. Hates, uh, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick's uh, The Shining. He does. This is true, yes. It is very different from the book. So. Yeah. But the it's... Sh- a, oh, okay, okay. But it's unfair. I like Clockwork Orange. I I like Clockwork it's a I'd like to see it redone film. though. I'd like to see a new ta- a new version do of it. Do you know who originally? Do you know who originally did that? He's from Pittsburgh. 
Andy Warhol. Yeah. And I only remember that because we talked about it yeah. on the podcast. Wow. Yeah. I actually he, learned something from this thing. He, he Holy actually, fuck. He made the entire movie in one shot. Yes, and I remember like, you telling me that now. Yeah, okay. and it was like an hour long or something. Can you imagine? I mean, just come across this door and like going through the entire thing. Can you, could you even imagine watching an hour-long version of like just straight up like a Clockwork Orange, like no cuts? Like that that must have been like one insane to try to film. I think like I've seen some of it in this, more of an art depiction of, of a lot of the events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, more of like a play still, setting. Still extremely impressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to, to just to do material. it, even if it's not good, it's impressive to get. I read entire... the book a long time ago because I was looking at a book of, or a list of banned books, and I just love the idea of removing as many banned books as possible. Right. So obviously it's been unbanned, you know, since banned. But uh, was it a really a banned book? It was a banned book. Yeah, and the man. movie was. Uh, I want to say it was banned in London, where it was for the longest time. That makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, okay. issues with that movie. Interesting. That's mm-hmm. also classic. Uh, in, in a way, it's it's psychologically horrible. That's one of those movies yeah. that, like, even if you, like, even if I hated it, I would suggest that everybody watch it. Right. You know, there's some movies out there that, like, you just got to see to see it. Yeah. You, you need to have an opinion on this movie. You know what I mean? It, it will get everybody seen it. Uh, it's just a great conversation thing. Like, Something about me that I guess I just realized is I try and and learn as much about everything as I can so that I can communicate with as many different people as possible effectively, knowing that I'm not an expert. I don't front like I know what I'm talking about. But you but have I'll, enough to I'll, know yes, what you're talking about. I can about. carry the conversation with them. I can, I can you know, is an idiot. Yeah, yeah. You never know everything. But like people that if you think you can bullshit an expert on something, then you're an idiot. You know right, what I mean? Right. You can't come to me with knife knowledge or gun knowledge and, and stuff like that and bullshit me. Right. You know, I already right. know. Like, you're not going to, and I'm, I'm not an expert in any way, but I know quite a bit about that stuff. And so, like, with horror, like, I feel, and in movies in general, there's just some things you got to see so that you can have that experience to share with other people that have had it. And it makes, it easier to communicate to more people. And and mm-hmm. I, I put that like Forrest Gump's one of those fucking movies. Yeah. Oh, I think I think Game of Thrones, yeah. those people that post that like I'm one of the one percent that haven't seen an episode of Game of Thrones, you're an idiot then. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a good series. And if you don't like it, you still see it. So you can tell people you actually hate it because you've seen it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't tell me you don't like it because you haven't up. seen it. I have never seen Seriously? Star Wars. Oh. No, we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that's one of those you should. should. I right? feel like you should. Yes, Star Wars. You know, oh, I, feel like you know, I just got the look of shame. I know. I know. I know. No, I, I love. I love Star Wars. I. I'm not a mega fan. Like I can't tell you. I can't be watching one and tell you even. I could say it's like three, four, five, six. Like, you know, yeah. But I couldn't tell you the name of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I could do is like you know uh, I do suggest that people watch it. It's worth it. It's a hell of a story. Um, Look, and this is where I my, might need more beer. No, we we're we're gonna take a pr- break. We're gonna take a break. Second, Ooh, and that'll be where our that's cool. No, that's ad fine. can go. Oh, it's already gonna. That's already. It's already happened. So weird. Anyway. Sorry. Sorry, Henry. We don't. We don't mean it. We don't mean it. 
Uh, we're gonna take a break here for a second okay, to, to get some refills <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about uh, the third director, and we're gonna talk about Serpent in the Rainbow. Uh, and your thoughts on Sherbert that? Sherbert in the Rainbow? Serpent in the Rainbow, yeah. Serpent in the Rainbow. Serpent. Sherbert. Serpent in the Rainbow. It's like Rainbow Sherbert. Yeah, no, like Serpent. Okay. Like snake. No, fair enough. All right, so we're about to pause. Hey, we're going to do what? And we're back. Ooh. So, Wee. like we were saying, we were going to talk about the Serpent in the Rainbow. We actually found it over there on VHS. Hey, uh, for serpent. those of you, For those of you that are old enough to remember VHS, uh, predates DVD. Um, this is how we used to get movies. We used to go to the movie store and rent VHS tapes, and there used to be a little sticker on there that said, Be kind, rewind. Can you see it? Here, let me get it closer. <laughs> <laughs> I knew right, that would get you. Right. I knew that would get you. I have a nice collection of VHS tapes that I'm pretty proud of, and some even some like uh, mini D or not mini DVD. What was that? the Betamax tapes? Betamax. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so. So we were talking about yeah yeah so serpent in the rainbow is a west craven film uh it is uh very voodoo-esque if you're into like supernatural type movies like the exorcist or like you know what i mean like like i said like voodoo-esque like movies like um i dig the concept of voodoo and i just like the word oh dude it's the word is just so cool voodoo I, i've said it before like we have a place here in Munhall or in homestead called voodoo brewery that does like these mm -hmm. fantastic beers and like kudos to them but like realistically like i've gone to what, what are, i don't want to do that you do that That's um, all. i no longer throw it at the camera because i feel bad thank you yeah you're I welcome appreciate it. yeah they don't like it i don't mind it if we did this live i would throw beer cans at them too no you wouldn't we'd uh, get sued no beer can not a bottle anyway uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it, i had it's one of those recommend movies it's on my like probably uh -oh. top 25 list of like sorry Kind of like a zombie movie too. It's yeah. Based on, okay, wait. Let me, let me reassume my position. Use on people and then bury them underground and then dig them up and bring them back because they freeze as well. Right. Underground. Um, but that actually bring that back. George Romero created what we know of is today as the the, the zombie modern day zombie. Yeah. So before mm -hmm. that, there was you know zombies and movies like the White Zombies and just tell the ghost story. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, also the same Voodoo. A little, little gypsy reference there, Bella Lugosi. Gypsy. Mm -hmm. He also, yep. West Craven also made uh, The Nightmare on Elm Street in 84. Yes. Which is oh, yeah. what he's Fred well known Cooper. for. Yeah. And that's obviously. So I worked at. I was going to ask you about him. No, no. I love the idea of Freddy. I think it's cool. Never mm -hmm. was a huge fan of the movies, but oh. but I love the idea. And so when I worked at uh, Douglas, one of the, you know, one of the classes, they have to make a prop and they have to make it as real as possible. The one guy made Freddy's glove and he had the copper plating all over it and it was aged and everything. And he had five real blades wow, on yeah. this thing. I mean, yeah, they weren't, I, I wouldn't let him bring it in my office sharpen. You know, mm -hmm. we had rolls and stuff, but like you could sit there and almost spark them, you know, wow. like shing. And I mean, oh. this thing was wicked. Oh, it was so cool. I thought man, that would be an awesome like prop to be able to make and sell to people. No, it would be, but it would be also like, in the wrong hand uh right? yeah i mean but in the wrong anything in the wrong yeah hands, I mean, wow you know? that glove is like iconic it is it yeah. is in the very first movie the first thing he says is a teenage running through the alleyway what is that and he says this is god 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to add out, uh, point out too that like Johnny Depp made his start in the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie. A lot of actors. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna do two things real quick before we continue because we're on West Craven. One, uh, we're gonna ask a poll here: uh, Is uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? I think it's both. It works both times of year. It's kind of like a hollow hollow thing. It's Smith. a seasonal movie. It's a Hall of Thanks with Hall Thanks with me, movie. I'd say that it's you know? both, but the thing is, is that I definitely watch it more at Halloween. I, me Christmas. too. I I yeah, I, I like it more at Halloween over Christmas. There's so many options with Christmas time. Ernest saves Christmas. I mean, oh, with, with, yeah, right? Big Ernest fan. With that, stupid. yeah. Yep. There's. I was going to mention <laughs> that today. Actually, yeah. that's a whole other genre of film, though. Like. When you think about it, when you get to like Christmas season, like right after Thanksgiving, because there's no Thanksgiving movies really, like without no, planes, trains, I mean, and automobiles. Family so movies. Which, by the way, the Thanksgiving series, the new slash, not new, of the last like decade or so, uh, they made Thanksgiving, <laughs> then they skipped Thanksgiving 2, and they made Thanksgiving 3. Okay. I like that actually. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> look, <laughs> look, Mikey and I, like, we try to watch, and this is like, pre-Vienna like kind of not so much now because she just dominates television but like (laughs) before that like we would try to find like whatever holiday it was the most gruesome horror film about that holiday that we could find right and these are so easy to do right and these are like cross genres we're talking about like Black Christmas and like Valentine's Valentine's Day right yeah like you know what I mean like April Fool's Day like that's another iconic film like you know what I mean like and these are all movies based around holidays that we celebrate like like so it's such a cross genre of a thing to do and especially with like Christmas too like Christmas is one of those holidays it's like a huge big budget like so you can run Christmas and like you can just run a seasonal movie and I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is a seasonal movie that you can watch from Halloween all the way till and through Christmas because it just has like everything in it. And like Tim Burton was playing that so well that like you almost can't even tell that you're watching like mm-hmm. like you said, like what is it, a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Because it can be and it's Tim Burton Hall- should be the Hall- 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 because he's so influenced by horror. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. I brought a camera over earlier when we were talking about mm-hmm. He brought that back with uh, Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. the ultra red blood, yeah. the tones of everything, the gothic nature of it all. And he just lives and breathes for it. He does. Yeah. Frankenweenie is a movie we were watching. Oh, because of yes. And that's a black and white film. But it's perfectly and made. And there's so many <laughs> horror movie references. Obviously, it's a take on Frankenstein. Right. And it even ends with a burning uh, windmill. Yes. And everything. It's like mm, yeah. But there's so many horror movie references throughout the whole thing. It's just, yeah. He was showing himself off how much he loved horror. Which is so well played too. And like it's all done in claymation and like you're just it's it's amazing like what he was able to accomplish with the budget that he had and everything else. Like so moving forward, wait, who wait, is your... so that's the poll. Is yeah. Oh, yeah. is the nightmare before Christmas a Halloween, a Christmas, or a Hall of Thanksmas music uh movie? <laughs> and two, what brand of machete did Jason use? That's what I want to know. If because that was one hell of a machete. If you work in the service industry, it's called a Dexter. 
I, I kid you not. A Dexter, a the, Dexter, the machete brand? No, probably not the machete, but the the actual like big ass like butcher knives that they. Oh, use. that was that. Yeah, those and are that those was a Michael Myers. Yeah, those are those are called like Dexters. Okay, and, like and they're no, they're massive. About, like, I want to know what brand. brand I want to buy his yeah. machete because that is like that's a hell of a good Google fucking blade. Just fucking Google it, man. I, I bet it was phone. marbles. Anyways, okay, anyway, go ahead. So let's 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 move on to your third director here. Yeah. So anyway, when, back to Wes Craven. Uh, you may have not seen and then skip the second one, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting movie. Like oh, it, yeah. there's been documentaries about it and stuff. It's not the best uh, horror film, but it's it's definitely interesting. It's a horror film. Um, and then he came back. He he came back for Nightmare uh, Part Three, The Dream Warriors, which is a good movie, which changed Freddy forever too. It, yeah. It let they let him add the. Uh, Robert England, they let him ad lib a little bit, and he uh, ad libbed that line, uh, "Welcome to prime time, bitch." When he right, brings right. a girl into yeah. that, which changes char- his character so much from "This is God" to, you know, right. He becomes more slapstick in the later movies, which is which is where you get that like cross genre. Like Freddie, I believe, is more like horror calm than like Michael Myers or it's like you know easier I mean? to laugh. Yes, yes, sure. or and like he, Jason. He gets quippy. That's the thing. Yes, and I like to I like to point out that Wes Craven kind of brought that into the fold too. Yes. Um, he made Shocker in 89. Interesting movie. Very interesting movie. Which, yeah, I was going to say, very underrated. Yeah. Um, People Under the Stairs in 91. Well, well-made movie, yes. And then he made New Nightmare in 94, which is such mm-hmm. a meta uh, film, but it's, it also is a, a take on, you know, on, on everything that was going on in Hollywood and, and horror at that time. Right, right. And then he made Scream uh, in 95. Or 96, Hold up. I remember. Hold up. Real quick, you said, and then he made Scream. Yeah. Like the movie Scream that we all... Which changed which, horror again. No answers. Completely. <laughs> Fuck. No sex left. <sighs> Anyways, go ahead. Proceed. But like, you, you are absolutely correct. Like that movie changed the way we look at horror. But Drew Barrymore in the very beginning. Right. And then kills her off. Right. Which right. is such. What uh, movie are we talking about? Scream. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like Scream. Scream. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I like Scream. <laughs> that that, that, was, that yeah. was Wes Craven. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's a mystery, too. It, it was. Is, which is, wasn't happening really. Yeah. It, it, it brought to, in my opinion, it made horror very forefront pop culture. Yeah. You know, like I can't yeah. like Friday the Thirteenth and and the Freddy series, Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff. They were very pop cultureish, also. Yes. But I don't believe that they were that level of success in the commercial market. Yeah. Like, yeah. Scream to this day is as prominent as Freddy and Jason. That right. that ghost mask. That yeah. you know. It's so, okay. in the eighties. The, the the slashers they dominate everything. And yeah. He comes back in the nineties and just changes yeah here's a new here's a new look on slashers which is a valid point that i would like to bring up real quick right so not only do he create Freddy Krueger, but he also creates scream right and this is a showing of like things come back like history repeats itself like we've talked about before like and horror films if you watch them they repeat themselves because like we just need a new spin on like an old classic or we're paying homage to like another film what's commentary about what's going on exactly at the time oh, correct like they correct. live is such a 
a political film. Yes. You look at it through mm-hmm. that lens. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful movie in that way. And so it was Night of the Living Dead, even though right. Romero says he wasn't doing that from an angle. He just picked the best actor. Right. Mm-hmm. By picking after American actor for that role, that just, be, I mean, changes the whole context of that movie, especially the ending. Right. And right. Another thing, by the way, he did in 68, that was just really amazing. Yeah. I just, ah, George Romero. Love the guy. Love the guy. That, that's the end of my list, really. And then I just figured we'd talk about some horror movies we love. Like, well, yeah. what about the segment? What would your plot be on a horror movie? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Here's a segment from Mark. Oh. The guy. <laughs> what would your plot be, Mikey? I'm going to let you open up this forum. Okay. Go uh, for it. Not to put you on the spot. Well, um, I don't know. I've, I've thought about writing something or, or doing something like that. For you can't time, see this so. many horror movies and not think of how of to make course, a better one. So, you know. um, right. I would definitely have to use uh, what I have. Mm-hmm. So I'd go for a really cheap budget. I'd probably do something that deals with maybe time and the space itself. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I really like the book, The House of Leaves, which is a very scary concept, just the whole thing of, uh, it, but that's a bigger thing to talk Let about. Let me say that, so budget, like you're making a blockbuster. Like you you get to make a film. Don't worry about budget. Mm. Like you get to make a film, you know? Uh, we're talking like, this isn't gonna, ha- this is gonna happen. Uh, Big budget, major film. Okay. Okay. Well, then that changes it. Then you okay. know what I would go for it would just be high concept, uh, Lovecraftian, uh, out of this world cosmic deities that. Uh, I like the deity thing. It's it. It would be um, <clears throat> characters seeing seeing things that they just can't comprehend and breaking their brains, and then trying to relay what they've seen to other people, yeah. thinking that knowing what they've seen is real. But are they crazy or not? And I would just try to go for the biggest monsters possible. So like things clinging onto buildings that he's seeing and, and like rampage. Sees them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they would be more tentacly and, and yeah. teethy and eyes everywhere. And, okay. Yeah. That's, That's good. what I go for. Are yeah. you I have one of your I was gonna play out his idea actually. No, go for it. Man. All right. So playing off your idea. Please. Okay. So mine would be <laughs> uh mine would be uh so uh religious side. Um, heavenly beings start to populate the earth like the end is coming kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? All right. Now, we can see them. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, some people see them as humans. Some people see them as heavenly beings. And the people that do see them as heavenly beings snap mm-hmm. when you realize that good and bad, heaven and hell are real, that all your decisions in life made a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, they snap, they, they kind of go crazy because they see their fate now, yeah. you know? Um, and maybe those people were- um, People face the, the actions in their life. Yes, yeah, yeah, like those people were the, the bad people in life, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, perhaps it makes a good turn, maybe it, it changes, but the end is coming. And so that's, it's really gonna be a biblical more revelation side of thing but before it happens see from like multiple characters what yeah, ha- yeah different whole storylines of different yeah. countries and you know it would all be going to the same ending and that's kind of how i think how i would do my movie yeah 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 i mean like they don't all meet but like everybody's story is heading to the revelations everybody's as the bible's story. coming so then yeah. at that point the end of the world happens the movie's over right. you know we don't answer that question for you Yes, right, and, right. and it's kind of yeah, like people are trying to do good deeds, but they, they come off as crazy mm-hmm. because they're like running up to people, and then you know maybe mass chaos happens a little bit, you know. Um, Interestingly enough, Francis Ford Coppola made an experimental film of like a, it was like a timeline, right? And it was like 
literally like time code and then like four people that were like supposed to be in real time like doing their thing and like when you watch it you're seeing this live time code of the film in the middle of the screen the, the entire movie okay and then you're watching all four of these people doing these like daily activities like you know maybe one guy is like robbing somebody maybe somebody else is like going shopping like but it's like the daily activities and like what they're seeing and like so crazy like four perspectives on the same day correct, kind of thing at yeah at the same time like, yeah you know what i mean like along the same spectrum like you know, i dig that and I, I like it when the when the movies like the characters actually co like uh, collide in the movie yeah uh but yeah. i also like it when it's from different viewpoints yeah. of different like um isn't the book uh, World War Z kind of written like that, yeah, where it's, from, it's different, from, different people's perspectives? perspectives. I've yeah. only seen the movie. I'm not a big reader. Yeah, the movie's not. Uh, the not it's not the same. It's not no, and I would like mm-hmm. to read that book. I will. I'll make you guys a promise. But anyways, okay. Mm-hmm. So what's what's your um, your concept here? So, sell me. Uh, when I was in film school, they used to tell us there was a simple equation for like you know horror movies. You take where you feel the safest. Right, and then you mix that, you add to it what scares you the most, and you divide by a story, right? Like a hierarchy, you know, character development, storyline attachment, because you have to pull from the heartstrings. You want people to attach to these characters, no matter how ridiculous your story is and how out there it is. Based on that, I'm living my my horror film. My safest place is my house, and the scariest thing I can imagine is my wife yelling at me. Right. So, <laughs> you feel me, right? I know exactly where we're coming from. So guys. This, is, this is real shit. This is like how you start like, okay. a horror film. Like, if you think about like Psycho, John. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there are so many movies where, like, you can literally like take that and just like extrapolate, like, just about every movie. Like, where do you feel the safest at? Your house, you know, a church. Uh, wherever you find sanction, you know what I mean? Like, and then you put what scares you the most, whether it be zombies, whether it be horror movies, whether it be you know, like supernatural, like a movie this month. This is okay. I'd like to bring up another movie that I know that you've seen, but Mark hasn't. Rubber. Oh, yeah. Rubber is a killer movie. Condom? No, it's about a killer tire. Though there is a movie called. Oh, you know what? I think I've seen that. <laughs> there is a movie called The Killer Condom. But- Okay. okay. So, what? Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. Same. Uh, huge fan of Lord Oh yeah, man. Yes, he's came to our shows whenever our band played. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a true statement. I mean, he's cool, man. Uh, but yeah, didn't mean to derail you. But no, no, is a uh, actually a killer tire. Yes. Yes. Okay. It is. I think I've actually seen that, but <laughs> it's it what remember. It does it's like I remember the tire us. like going like bouncing rolling and rolling. And so, and yeah, yeah. I just didn't know the name. So gotcha. the, the difference between like that movie rubber, right? And like a Lloyd Kaufman film is like rubber, you're watching it and you're like, what the fuck is gonna happen? Like I wasn't expecting that. Like, okay, this is like definitely getting fucking weird, but it still makes sense. With a Lloyd Kaufman film, it's just like, and fuck you, we'll do whatever the hell we want. Like yeah. it's it's literally so out there that like it could be anything you want. Classic like, Newcomb High. Do it's a classic, right? Class of Newcomb, Tromeo and Juliet. Like there's so many of these movies that like we reference that like we don't even realize that we reference in normal life. Like you know what I mean? And like that's 
Yeah, James Gunn. Like we wouldn't even that really started it from Right. Like we wouldn't have even known James Gunn if it was that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 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 Place. It still is. Yeah, dude, it's still kicking. But like, he, what was the poultry guys, the chicken restaurant one? Poultry guys. Poultry guys. Yeah, dude, it was about like a I chicken restaurant. Chicken yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well played, sir. Well played. He's out in New Jersey as well. And you know who else is? Kevin Smith. Well, yeah. since we're derailed here, real quick. <laughs> Kevin Smith is like one of those. I was actually in a band that was a Clerks cover band. We didn't do like Clerks songs, but we did Clerks songs, like songs about the movie Clerks. (laughs) So you were really a Clerks Clerks cover band. You were a Clerks tribute band. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was the first band I was ever in. Uh, We were called the uh, Sidewalk Surfers. (laughs) And. uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a Clerks cover band. We had like Wolf in Sheep's Clothing and stuff was like one of our songs. And like, if you've ever seen the movie, you, you get you get the reference. But like, I think Kevin Smith is one of those dudes. Same with like John Favre. Like, oh yeah, John Favre. He's he's really come like such a crazy distances from like swingers and shit to like directing oh, yeah. Marvel movies like yeah. what also, the hell? Uh, John Favre Kevin Smith by the way he uh, has also directed some horror films mm-hmm. Tusk mm-hmm. which is Tusk is fucking weird with Justin Long yeah that's a movie it uh, is it is a movie mm, yeah especially that ending I thought it was really interesting I agree. I feel like it gets a bum rap because of like the context of it, but like in all seriousness, I feel like the context is what like gives it value, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the context of the movie is like so again, circling back, like if you can tell a good story, it doesn't matter what the film is about. Like you can put it into whatever category you want. But if you can tell a good story in general, mm-hmm. it'll get you through. Like you can have the worst props, the worst. You don't even have to show the killings in movies to in order to express it. And one of the things that we learned in film school was like, show it, don't say it. So when we look at films like The Omen, right? Like The Omen only has like so much time of like actual dialogue and the rest of it is like quiet. Or like 2001 A Space Odyssey is another example of that. The vast majority of the film is complete silence. Yeah. And like, but you're able to visually see and create the soundtrack in your head based off of what you've already heard in the film or the context of what you're seeing. You're just adding the soundtrack to it. Kubrick is a genius. Kubrick is a genius. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, you got to think of it like when you're watching a horror film and you actually get scared from it, right? It's actually pulling on the heartstrings, your emotions. You're you're attaching to these characters in a way that like you can actually relate to them on some level, no matter how regardless of how ridiculous the movie itself is, you're playing off of these fears. Now, with that being said, I would like to do some final thoughts if you guys are cool with that. And no. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Jim. I don't want to think anymore. I would like to ask you in the last few years what horror movie 
because this is a Halloween episode, Mark, you have to answer it. I will. Well, so I will. On. In the past few years, and I'll leave it open like that, what would you say would be something that has changed horror for you? And mind you, we didn't even talk about like anthology horror, like VHS or the ABCs of horror, where it's like the ocean different. of horror. Dude, it's. Oh, yeah. We, we have lots of Halloween to come. <laughs> yeah, we've pigeonholed, but like we there's so many different topics, and like we have many Halloweens to go. So feel free. We're going to have a lot more of these oh, conversations yeah. in future episodes, years down the line. Well, we could just be scary and be scary. It doesn't have to be October. It doesn't. It doesn't. Well, maybe, we'll do one around, maybe we'll do one around <laughs> Christmas that's like Christmas Ooh, horror films. Krampus. Yeah. Krampus. Krampus. Have you ever seen the Krampus movie? No, oh. I know what Krampus is. Yeah, look good. Oh, dude, oh, what's the one? What's the one with uh, what's then the wrestler in it? Oh, come on, we watched oh, Santa, Santa Claus. Slay. Oh, Slay, Santa Slay, yes, like yeah. Slay. I'm gonna uh, kill you. Yeah, yeah, dude, watch it every Christmas. We do, we we still do to this day, and I will with my daughter as well, regardless <laughs> well, of her age. You know what? No, let anybody say whatever they want to say. I, like, I was exposed to it at a very young age, you were exposed to it at a very young age, and you know what? My daughter is going to be as well. When we we were watching we'll skip the strip Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff you got to skip. She over, knows what's going on. <laughs> I mean, you know, desensitized early. Anyway, so I was taking it away. Go ahead. What would be your favorite new age horror film? Like something in the last few years that you think would be like stand out to you that you've been watching? It doesn't even have to be a movie. It can be like a TV series. It can be whatever you want. Go ahead, Mikey. Oh. Uh, hmm. I really loved Hereditary. Ah, yes. A24 films. Yeah, they make a lot of good movies. They do. But, yes, uh, they do. Hereditary was really good. Yeah, there's there's just so much to that movie. And it, yeah, I've seen it a couple times now. And it's just, it that ending just it stands every up. single time. Yeah, yeah. I also, just to bring it up, uh, I really like Mother. Yes, it? yes. It's not a traditional horror movie. And it's pretty obvious what it's supposed to be, but it, that ending still feels like every fever dream I've ever had. Oh. Just running through that house and just, ugh. Dude, it very well played. I I have to agree with you. Like, Mother is one of those films where I don't know if you've been in an mm -hmm. A24 film as well. And it is just so crazy. If you haven't seen it, like, Darren just- Aronofsky. Yeah, Darren Aronofsky, yes, correct. So. Like, just watch it, because it is so out there that, like, you can't even give an explanation for it, because what it's actually about and the meaning behind it are two completely separate things. So to say it's about this, you're actually saying it's about this, but how do you say that without giving it the whole movie away? You know what I mean? Like, it's... it's I got a theory I'll tell you about after the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. Ah, on the spot. No, I had one. We were talking about I lost it. like funny, or not funny, but fun horror films. Like, did you see the Babysitter? No. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, wait. I had one that. Um, oh, Final Destination movies. Yeah. Really, uh, I put them in the horror, and that's the realistic yeah. type of horror that affects me. Like the the feeling you get when you watch horror, and you you know your heart rates. When I watch that shit and think like, and I'm driving behind a a lumber truck oh, right, yeah. on the highway, and it's like, oh Christ. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. is this really going to be it? I have final destination moments a lot. In my life. All the time. And that's, that's what I mean. So that one really that's affected me because, like, <laughs> you think about mm. things like walking between two cars and out into the middle of the street and then a bus plows you down or, right. you know, uh, what were, I forget some of the others. But, yeah, uh, 
what was like a LASIK injury in the one movie, oh, and you know, and like yeah, death, and that's what gets me. My butthole puckers from like you real remember, stuff. You, you remember know? the one where she's in like a tanning bed? Everybody like, remembers the tanning like, bed one because it was fucking was crazy. Naked? They are. No. Yeah, but it doesn't. Not even that. Just the fact that like the tanning beds drip. Like there was water that drips onto the tanning beds. Yeah. And, like, I cause think them to miss. There's shorts. water that makes a metal can shimmy dance all the way into it. A hair dryer or a hair dryer yeah, yeah. on that then burns yeah. the pan and then far fetched, but it's like that show, a Thousand Ways to Die. Right. You know Again, I mean? it's like the Darwin Awards. Like it could oh, happen. Yeah. Like, Those people are idiots. Yeah. Are they? Because anybody, anybody can do that. Yeah. No, no. So I stand a much better chance staying alive <laughs> by not tying a hundred balloons to a fucking lawn chair and taking a BB gun up with me. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, yeah, that's, that's common sense. Well played, but on that same token, like there would be <clears> shit that, like, on a different spectrum that people would look at and be like, "Oh, that's fucking bad." I mean, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There was one that I saw on the Oh my god! Yeah, right. <laughs> look, Baker's lung is like a real thing. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, it's it's kind of like from breathing in like too much flour and stuff like during the day, and you know, if you work in the industry like uh, you know, work for you still work for like flour lung, like Baker's lung is like a real thing. Like it's crazy, and, like fucked up because like we don't we we still like it's baking is so old fashioned still, and like we haven't like there's been some things that like have been modernized but like for the most part it's still like a very traditional fashion like we haven't like you know what i mean like we've come up with like deep fryers and like air fryers and like that's where we stop we just like we're like ah we got like pressure cookers we got all kinds of cool stuff and like so you know like baking is baking we'll just leave those guys alone like uh but getting off topic here anyway yeah right <laughs> um <laughs> I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave everybody with a final thought of what are your thoughts on and I'm gonna ask all three of you because it's a real quick question. What are your thoughts on like live action ghost hunting, such as like Zach Bagans and like you know, ghost adventures? Or like, like the ghost shit on hunters, the TV and, uh, yeah. Wow. So, Which I might add that I think Ghost Hunters was like the renovation of like this era of like ghost hunting on television. You know I, mean? I believe like, more in Sasquatch than I believe in spirits and ghosts existing mm. in our realm. Interesting. That's I all got, I'm gonna say. I got some for that, but go ahead, Mikey. Um, I do believe in Sasquatch, by the way. I don't know. I, I want to believe. So no, yeah, more you know, power to you. But at the same time, I I, I watch those shows. I don't watch those shows, but when I do, it's with a grain of salt and more to watch. Just I do enjoy movies. watching them, but knowing, like, based on my my past and how I was brought up and what I learned and stuff, and seeing that, I just it doesn't. That's just not something that's prominent in my thought. Okay. You know, yeah. I, I feel Sasquatch like Sasquatch is fucking real, though. In, in all honesty, dude, like I look at it like this: like, yes, I get that, like. You know, there there might be another side. However, like from a scientific aspect, right? Like if our heart, and we've talked about this before, like if your heart beats from energy, right? And energy can't be created or destroyed. That leads me to believe that, that energy from our heart is going, when it leaves our body, it either leaves an like energetic footprint. So if you do the same routine over and over again, you're leaving energy there because you're just constantly working it out. And that energy, yeah. 
will be there for a long time. This is one of the theories, the scientific theories out there. And like, it's been, you know, proven like you can leave an energy imprint, like anybody can, if you do the same routine over and over and over again, every single day for years and years and years, which is where the, the term residual haunting comes from, right? Like since we're talking about Halloween and scary stuff, right? Like a residual haunting, like a ghost that constantly appears, a woman in the window or like this and that. That could be easily explained as to like an energy imprint. If somebody did that for years every day, walked to the window and looked out, look at birds or whatever, like you're leaving an energy imprint there. And from interesting that aspect, concept, I, I right, you know, from that aspect, right? If you have certain things that you know gather energy, like you know limestone, running water, stuff like that, like, or you know now they've created devices that actually put out like energy spectrums so that you can pull stuff in. And I look, I'm wearing my, Mikey got this for me actually a couple years ago. You probably can't see it, but it says howdy on it. And it is, Mikey, if you would like to explain it, go for it. Uh, it is the demon Pazuzu, which in the original Exorcist, uh, Reagan. The exercise thing, diamond. Well, demon. It, yes, yes. But oh, he's a diamond. He, he, uh, he introduces himself as Captain Howdy on the Ouija board to Reagan. Oh, hence the howdy. But it's one of those references that, like, if you don't know the Exorcist series, you have you're right. You'd have nope. been like, what the, nope. what, what is that? Like, you know what I mean? It's like one of those very obscure reference, and it is very obscure because they only make reference to it a couple of times in the original Exorcist. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice alien. I'm gonna point out. That I'm wearing a Steelers jersey because they won today, <laughs> and it's got stains on it because I don't wash it during the season. Oh, that's you just can't. Uh, that's just hair. No, you can't. It's bad luck, and it's custom. It says my last name. Yeah, so I fucking played. I was a 12th man, baby. <laughs> I don't think you did, dude. But you know what? You can't. Yeah, you, you know, live that life. I was a starting goalie. <laughs> live that life. Live that life. He was. You know what? And on that note. Good Happy night. Halloween, everybody. <laughs> and Happy Halloween. Thank you, thank Mikey, you for, for coming yes. on. My little brother, Sir, man. Pleasure. I'm pleasure. so happy that we got to I have you on. on finally. And I hope to have you on again, man, because oh, that was you. very informative <laughs> and very fun. And even though Mark got lost, it was a good time. So. I did get, I totally zoned out for a while. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, absolutely. Hey, anyway, happy Halloween, everybody. Have a great night. Take care, everybody. Wee!